You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. It's that nine to five time feel Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we recap the all-out pay-per-view at AEW, your UK NXT takeover, Bailey turns heel, and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Her time's a charm. That's my dog. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. the undisputed champion of Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> and to my right, we Bloody have shit. Two Beer, Zach Bowman. What's going on, Two Beer? Uh, man, I feel like I'm still in a coma from the weekend, I and mean, I didn't even go see fish. I just watched a whole bunch of wrestling. <laughs> I was just, I was just looking at the recaps like one eye open at like four o'clock <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> and to his right, as always, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to pull down the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, Volume One One Two, Chapter Three, Verse Fourteen. And the good smart saith, hashtag Boo the Heels. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. It is all good, baby. Baby. Shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. I'm glad you made it home safe. I love you. Um, I'm not going to blame it on the alcohol. I'm just going to blame it on the bubbly. Just blame, <laughs> blame it on the... A exactly little bit of the right. bubbly. <laughs> Why 2 j might have had a crazier weekend than I did. No uh, shit. You know, a little programming note before we get too far into it. Uh, Lucha Chris, a.k.a. Murray Man, uh, had a bit of a falling out with Zach the other day. They uh, got into it pretty hard. Uh, fists were thrown. Uh, words were said that can't be taken back, so he won't be with us anymore. Nah, I'm just fucking around. He's gone again tonight. Uh, he is moving to KC. He will. He's still a part of the band from Ringside family, no doubt. Always part of the band from Ringside family, uh, but he will only be with us intermittently from here on out. Calling in, uh, sometimes he'll be in studio. He's moving back to Kansas City, but he'll be back in town, St. Louis. He's kind of going to go back and forth. But uh, we love Lucha Chris. We love the Murray man. We love one of them better than the other. I'm not going to say which one we love more. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> We love you, Murray. Uh, come back soon. I think he'll be back here next week. I think he'll be back. Uh, I think next he'll be week. back here next week for the Clash of Champions uh, prediction show. We are coming at you from the exquisite Shock City Studios in beautiful South St. Louis, downtown St. Louis, more like it. We got Rich Harris turning the knobs. Richie Rich is in the house. Uh, before we get too far into it, we got to talk about that. What day one ish sponsor? JJ Twigs, the best, best South City. Pizza place going. It's down there on Southampton, part of our Southampton Mafia. Uh, they've been with us for a long time, guys. They got the best thin crust pizza in town. They got the best beer specials in town. If you're down there going to watch a Cardinals game, look like the Cardinals might make the playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> they could shit the bed like they did last year, but we could be having a whole lot of fun again coming up here in October. Hey, the Blues Go- went from the worst team in the league to the best and they won the Stanley Cup so who's yeah. to say? Anything can happen. Anything can happen so let's so, just keep it quiet. <laughs> uh, get yourself to JJ Twigs. You might catch down. You might catch me down there on a Saturday afternoon or Sunday, <laughs> Sunday afternoon or uh, you know they got the patio. Maybe a Monday evening. I may, could be uh, you know Maybe. you might see me out on the patio with my my sweet dog Reba. Oh, hey Jesus Reba. Christ. You do? Oh Reba. It's, Reba's at home listening live. She's watching I set up the iPad in front of her crate. Uh, <laughs> so go get your 
yourselves and JJ Twigs. Hit us up on uh, all the social media places. We are coming at you on live on YouTube, live on, on Twitter. YouTube. Yep. I'm pointing at where we're at. Both cameras, right? Yep, right up top. Uh, and you can Wait, find us on social media. Yeah, put a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on social media at BFR Bill, at BFR Zach with an H, at BFR JCB, at BFR Lucha Chris? Yes. At BFR Lucha Chris, uh, at BFR Pod, at BFR Pod on Instagram, friends of BFR on Facebook, band from Ringstar on Facebook. Let's get to our three counts. Kick us off, JCB. What you got? And then there was one. Chris Jericho wins the inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Championship, beating Adam Hangman Page clean with a vicious, vicious elbow. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my Judas, head. Judas Effect. Judas Effect. Thank you. Um, it's a great name for a finisher. Yeah. Um, great name for a finisher. Then, obviously, the episode kind of spins from that point does he or does he not actually lose the AEW title at a Longhorn Steakhouse who really knows <laughs> apparently it's found on the side of the road by some good Samaritan and that said good Samaritan turns it in and Chris Jericho recovers they said, found it on the side of the road this is, this yeah. is just what I read apparently man. what I'm thinking is somebody took it realized like Saw this belt, Googled AEW, and the first thing that popped up was AEW title belt stolen. They were like, oh, fuck. And they just tossed it, you know, like hot garbage. Yeah, safe bet. You know, wipe your hands clean. You know, do what you need to do just in case of CSI. Anyway, so 24 hours later, Chris Jericho has the AEW, AEW title belt with more bubbly in his hand. At the end of the day, I'll just say it like this, and then we can kind of just jump into All Out as the the show itself. Not Chris Jericho, but JR said it best. Hangman Page had never main evented a card. He's never been a major singles winner. I get all the backlash for Chris Jericho being the first champion, but this is why he's the first champion, because still 24 hours later, we're still talking about whether this is a work or not. We're not even talking about the match anymore. We're talking about now the AEW title and Chris Jericho and and involving this, and this is going to be momentum going into the October 2nd show. I love Hangman Page, and I've said it on this podcast many, many times, and I'll say it again. He will be champion some day. No doubt. This ain't the day. They made the right call. The match was good, not great. It would only reason it was probably not great is because it fell behind the tag team match, which obviously we will talk about. And then it's a tough act to follow. It's a very tough act to follow. You should have had something in between. Why you have but, a popcorn match, man. But neither in here nor there. Why you have the Funkasaurus come out with the whatever the Funkadactyls yeah, the, yeah, in between. You got to have something. Yeah. Luke, uh, was it um, Jurassic, Jurassic Express? Express. <laughs> Would have been a perfect. Dude, that's a great act. That's a that's a terrible name. Jurassic Express is a terrible name. I'm not saying that, but it's a great act. I mean, that's that's as bad as the Viking experience. Right. I wouldn't say it's as bad. We'll, we'll 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 get to it. I got plenty to say. No, please go ahead. I was going to say jump Zach, in. I'm what's done. your what's your biggest uh, what's your biggest takeaway? Uh, that was a good show. Uh, you know, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, it was interesting. So, like Jason said, uh, with the obviously you want to put your world title on last, right? You know, it's the most important thing. So you like have a conundrum. 
So it's really tough whenever you have something build like Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks in a ladder match, and you just know it's going to be one of the best ladder matches you've ever seen. And it was. It was like one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen. And it was so over the top. And at the same time... It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and at the same time... You know, I'm a big proponent of like the New Japan style of just building up the card. Young Lions start first, then you got your mid carters and your your juniors, and then you build up, and every match gets more important as it goes. And that makes sense. They did have Kenny Omega and Pac early, which was pretty interesting considering how big of stars those guys and how big they were going to get over. A uh, really good match with a really surprise finish. Mm-hmm. Omega just passes out mm-hmm. um, and, and packs. Uh, Submission finisher. Brutalizer. Yeah, the brutalizer. But yeah, what's interesting is like, uh, you know, you had that kind of WWE mentality of kind of, you know, swapping up the matches instead of that that gradual build. Uh, Overall, though, I mean, it was a really enjoyable show. The uh, Jurassic Express, as you said, in SCU, great opening match. I mean, super over. Like, Luchasaurus was getting his own chance. That dude's super over. Jungle Boy is going to be a superstar just like Matt Riddle will be a superstar, those dudes just have like amazing charisma, and they're super young and uh, have no ceiling like whatsoever. Um, everything, everything was good. I mean, there wasn't like a, a stinker in the bunch. Like there wasn't uh, anything like terrible. There uh, wasn't I, a bad match. There were things yes. that were bad, but there wasn't. I, don't, I can't say that this match. A was bad. Yeah. You can, I mean, you had like, I think the biggest low point of the entire thing, which uh, JCB, I read his Twitter, he's a f- big fan of the Dark Order. I like the guys. I, I don't know. I kind of like the Dark Order gimmick because I like how weird they are, but they're not over. Like, nobody cares about them. No, they're and over. So they were like, I don't think so, man. Like, that, that crowd was like dead until Orange Cassidy saved it. Like, Orange Cassidy got like the second biggest pop of the night after Arn Anderson, which that was my biggest pop. Of the entire fucking weekend when Arnerson come out and gave a spine buster. Uh, but overall, good show. Uh, maybe a little <laughs> bit less than double or nothing. Like, not perfect, but... Yeah. The look on his face, it has to be like looking at me when like, I'm just like, you know, fuck this shit. I you like these the Dark jokers. Order, Jason? I think they... Honestly, their tag team chemistry... That is so the chemistry, minor league the chemistry, fucking the chemistry in ring is good. It. I don't... I'm not saying anything about the gimmick. There's tons of guys that can work, though. Like, okay, we need but I'm something just, okay. more than you can work. The gimmick, that has, the gimmick, gimmick that has is not no exactly something I can deal with. You think with, you think with WWE is watching AEW all out, you think, and they're like, oh, well, this is our new competition. And then they see Dark Order coming out with guys in Gimp Masks, in Gimp Masks, in Gimp Masks in 2019. You think that puts any fear is, in is Triple WWE H's heart? In, in any position to judge anything that they that anybody else puts on TV? In 2019, yeah, they are. No, they're they're really not. Uh, well, they, they had somebody I, peeing what, themselves on on man, national TV. I don't want to hear it. That is, I'm telling you, the Dark Order. That is so minor league bullshit. It has the no business. Isn't be- good. The wrestling is. So I get where you're coming from, but I'm. 
There's tons of guys. That's that why I said I like those guys, but the gimmick is, is, not, is not good. good. I like the weird I like aspect all of the it. Guys. I like whenever like he does the throne and he's sitting on the throne, like even Luno's sitting, and the dudes are like rubbing his thighs. I like that. That's okay. Fucking... Yeah, it's it's got that weird yeah. like you know. It was it, done better first with Dalton Castle and his guys. That's true. I'm not yeah. going to disagree that, with that. That's better. That's better. That's a going better version that. of what you're what we're talking. That's a more major league version of what we're talking yeah, about. Not, it really Dark Order is not. It's not funny. It really does look. I don't think they're trying to be funny though i think they're trying to that's be that's worse I don't that's worse if they're not trying to be funny i think they're trying to be creepy and it for for a certain well then sanity weird did way. it better everybody does it better that I, okay 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 let, let, let me get this off my chest i think that if I, I watched every single match today i think that if you would pair this down to a five or six match card like an nxt takeover i think you have a fucking burner like a real burner of a pay-per-view. I think that this roster, and listen, I'm rooting for, as I've said on this podcast several times, I am rooting for AEW as hard as I can, but we got to call them out when we call them out. This seemed like a step back to me. I thought Double or Nothing was way better. I didn't judge them that much on Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen because those weren't major pay-per-views. Shows. That was That was just them trying to stay on everybody's radar while they were leading up to this show. I think that... Starting at the top, I think that uh, Jericho didn't do enough to put over Hangman Page. It doesn't make any sense to me that Jericho was blading instead of Hangman Page. If Jericho's going to go over, why do you have the heel blade to show how how much heart the heel has? Why don't you have Hangman Page bleed? I think it was just symmetry then, to the story, but I understand you want the you want the babyface to want, get if the babyface is going to lose. Yeah. You have the babyface blade, right? But yeah, they uh, were just like, it was like it was a symmetry, symmetry to the story. To the story. It was already said that never should have gone on after that insane Lucha Brothers uh, Young Bucks match, which I and mean, then LAX is the cherry on top. I mean, LAX is the cherry on top. People just keep forgetting about and, that. And LAX are they're crazy workers too. That's not my favorite style of match. The spot fest. I enjoyed it for what it was. I like a little bit more ring psychology, but I mean, goddamn, those guys put it all out there. It's but, it was insane, man. But you kind of knew what you were walking into. Oh, sure, sure. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I mean, it's not. I'm this just is saying, your chance. To, I'm just if saying. This is I don't not want for you. You you know, it's time for you to bounce. I'm just saying. I don't want that to headline the show as opposed to Jericho Page. I think that you have to put your belt on last. If, we, we've seen that with like Glory Pro, where like uh, the Glory Pro. Uh, Crown of Glory always goes on last, but they usually have like a big superstar coming in to do a match. Not always with the champion; it might be with like an up and comer, and it blows everybody away. And the Crown of Glory would be pretty good, uh, but it wasn't necessarily up to par. Interesting thing about AEW, like they're putting over tag team wrestling really hard. So I don't know if it's as big of a problem if you have your tag teams. I think in the future a tag team match can go ahead. I think it was just because sure. this, this first one, you know, it's just like it's, you it's, don't want to yeah. devalue the title. Yeah. So you I had to do it. They kind of put them, they booked it. themselves into a corner by just having those two matches on the same card. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, you just you just that, you had to move one back. I think they booked themselves into a corner having it be Jericho versus Hangman Page because really their styles just don't make for a very exciting match. Like, I'm not saying the match was bad. It was good. There was good psychology in it. I like having the young up-and-comer trying to beat the old guy. Jericho is really slow. Jericho looks a lot slower now than he used to. And Hangman, and he wasn't Dude, Page fighting. is half his age. I know, and he wasn't. But, I mean, even Hangman Page has more of a Jericho. Like, Jericho's, except for when you're talking about when he was, you know, uh, 
La Corazon, whatever, uh, back in 97. The Lionheart. Yeah, the Lionheart. What, what's heart? Never mind. But, like, Hangman, like, hindsight being 2020, it should have been Omega versus Jericho for the belt. Whoever's going to win, it should have been those two because you want to put your best foot forward. Now, Omega might have said, we got to make a new star. Everybody already, everybody, or they might have said, everybody already knows I'm a star. We need to make a new star. But I didn't feel like that match really made Hangman Page look like a big time star yep. in, a, in a loss. And we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about a match later, Walter and Tyler Bate, where oh, a guy who lost. He was looked, the star. Looked like a massive star. In a loss. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Real, real quick. The thing I told you guys, like in the p- coming w- the past weeks, they didn't do enough to build Adam Page, and then they had the perfect opportunity to build him afterwards. And if you watch the after the post show, I did. He's like getting ready to talk about his loss, and Pat comes out, and Pat comes out and is just like a total star. Like, hey, we got unfinished business, and you know, throws a fucking water bottle at him. Like, well, there's all these reporters and stuff, and Christopher Daniels, whose talent relations is like, hey, get out of here. They made it look like a shoot, and then instead of like cutting like a, a promo from the heart, Adam Page just like, I'm done here, and he just walks away. And I'm like, here's, just put the fucking mic in front of the guy. The guy's charismatic when he's on being the elite, and he's like a real person. Like, people want to root for him, but they just. On these AEW shows, they don't give them time to talk. Maybe it'll be different when they get TV. But. Yeah, I mean, we really... I, I understand that we have to wait until they get TV because the, all the being elite stuff, being the elite stuff is really good. And if that's what their TV show is going to look like, it's going to be different and it's going to be fun to watch and it's going to be a nice little antidote to the WWE bullshit that we get all the time. I'll just say this. I just don't think this is their best foot forward. I, I would disagree. I've said... There wasn't my negatives about this show is more production. They missed camera angles where like uh, when Cody came down and he picked MJF and this is just off the top of my head and MJF kind of mocked DDP. He kind of gave him like, you know, the diamond cutter and then he, kinda, awesome. he flipped it down, but then you missed it as he walked by the camera. So somewhere in between MJF kind of mocking DDP and then walking away to join Cody ringside, there was that little, you know, missed opportunity. Shit like that where you had a chance to make a moment it was already good. You could, if you'd have hit the right camera angle, you could have made it great. They missed spots where impacts where, you know, somebody, and this is once again, just off the top of my head where, uh, Pac was going to do the black arrow. Kenny Omega rolls outside the ring. So then Pac turns around and does a moonsault off the top camera angle is wide so it's you see the whole thing but you miss the impact of Pac's legs hitting the barricade so I mean it's just it's it's stuff like that yeah it sounds like yeah itty bitty stuff but then if you keep doing it over and over and over again it's that stuff that's going to add up pyro apparently but was a know, big thing I but, mean but it's not it's not like they have it's not like Cody and the young bucks are back there directing the show like they have professional directors okay. back there it's like yeah, a why lot of them came from WCW and, and impact right and, so are these guys that out of practice where they don't know how to do this shit look because it what it was and I I, I I just got to call it like this. It seemed a little bit more amateur than I wanted it to be. The the 
the commentators were atrocious. JR was atrocious. He doesn't act like he likes the product. In fact, it seems like he openly disdains the product. It's so like every time whenever, whenever some of those guys are on there, he he really does. Like there was one time with the Jimmy Havoc thing, and he's like, "Yeah, I've seen a, a lot of chair shots, guys, and uh, that was one of them." That's what I that I. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. He refused to call Jungle Boy Jungle Boy. He called him Jungle Jack one time. He called him no. He called called him Jungle Jack the entire time. <laughs> I just watched him today. He ne- he never said Jungle Boy one time. I mean, admittedly, it's a dumb name. Uh, this was a concern coming in. We all talked about because we heard him call New Japan, and I mean, people like he's just not into it, man. People like the nostalgia uh, no, no, factor, I, I, and I think if he takes more of a back seat and he does more of that backstage stuff, and they have Shivani coming on. And that's better. Yeah. I think he and he well, said he said it on an interview today that there's stuff that he likes and there, there's stuff that he doesn't like. Clearly, the Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, Joey Janela match, he did not like, no. and he Love did Sean not. Sean Spears, Cody Rhodes, yeah, and he did not hide it. I did but too. Then, okay, yeah. but the, so it's I'm willing to chalk this up to human nature. This is no different than what anyone else does. You get invested in stuff you like, and you really don't give that much of investment of things you don't like. Yeah, now, that watch- said, I agree with Bill. There, That is an issue go- yeah. moving forward. If you watch MLW, which I love MLW. It's probably my favorite weekly television yeah, show. NXT's been pretty great. Like this past week, but it took a dip for a while. And MLW like was a better show. Cornette's on there. Cornette doesn't like some of this stuff, but he's open about it. Right. He's not even like just not enthused. He's like openly like burying it, but at the same time, somehow that makes it more interesting. Like I don't know. It's just like why it's is an he interesting burying contrast. it? So you know, yeah. you got to kind of watch to see what's what's really going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about Jr. Been worried about him. Uh, he gets a huge reaction. People love him, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, the women's battle royal on the pre-show was Bad. a mess. You like, it was better than I thought it would be. No, it's, it's, it they didn't was know who. A mess. Once they got it in the ring, you could see like, okay, what do we do? You got did not look like professional wrestlers. Either you have them all in at one point and just let them go. Or you you do it kind of Royal Rumble-ish, one at a time, and then you build it that way. The, this I get what they're trying to do, but then you could see where w- women didn't know, okay, who do I go after? You could see like a pause. There was another time, right. production. You know, they had the countdown, and then it took like 30 seconds before the next group comes out. It's little stuff like that that, yeah... I don't want it to be like I'm always burying WWE. Yeah, I'll do it when it's called when it's time for it to be called. That was something that was off the bat at the jump of the pre-show, and it was so obvious. I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, okay. I mean, with, okay. So, with so much wrestling, what the fuck? I I don't think the I think that Jimmy Havoc is small time. I don't I don't like him at all. I think Darby's okay. I think, he's, it, I think Darby will I think be a star. He, yeah, I agree with that. Jimmy, Jimmy Havoc is, is more niche. is yeah he's he caters to a certain group, which is fine. I totally understand. You that. can see him when you go to shows. You can point him out. You know exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I've but seen no, J- Darby Allen will be a star. That, I see Jimmy Havoc in progress, yeah. so I'm kind of partial to it because I've watched him kind of evolve into a year-long champion. He had his own little storyline against Will Ospreay, so I mean, I'm partial to that, but it's, I understand who, why people don't like it. It seems to me that uh, this is growing pains. Like I'm rooting for AEW. They're trying to be everything to everyone, and that's really hard to do. 
Like th- that triple threat weapons match. I mean, that's fun if you're watching an ECW retrospective, but I don't really care about a guy putting staples in his head. I, I feel like, you know, it's a lot like MLW, and that's one reason I like MLW. You have a lucha match, you'll have a hardcore match, you'll have a technical wrestling match, and you have a brawl, like all in the same show. And I think that formula works, uh, but some people will be turned off by the hardcore stuff, yeah. and you know they can just kind of tune out during it. It's For not, what it was, I'm not I think turned that, off by the violence. I'm just turned off by the. It's just. It's no different than. It's like watching the Jim Rose side circus okay. or something. Yeah, seated twenty twenty four seven title. We can really Either you like it or you don't. We can really uh, judge the age of our listenership if they remember who the Jim Rose side circus is. Oh, um, he said it, I did. Come on, Jurassic Express is a terrible name for a group, right? I'm not, look, Dude, I'm not going to sit up here and, and, and say that it's not, okay, but the some of the parts are, are greater than the name itself. What's that little guy's name? Marco Stunt. Yeah. I'm okay with I'm okay I mean, with the name. I'm, I think they're a great act, and I, I don't even think that I don't even think the name hurts them. Like, Luchasaurus is okay. going to be like a year from now the guy that you know surprisingly is going to be challenging for the title. Yeah, so Marco hopefully Stunt he takes is, off his mask and stops calling himself Luchasaurus. I'm no, not man, a fan of the you name have, either. When you say it's, you're catering to all crowds, like you got to have an act that caters to kids. That's that the act, act that caters, caters to, to kids. kids. Like there's gonna be Luchasaurus Max, and there's gonna be Jungle Boy fucking onesies. And, you know, fucking wigs and, like, whatever. Like, that act caters to kids, and they are going to be over as fuck. My favorite match of the night was Cody versus Spears. I felt like that was the match that felt the most personal. I felt like it had the most psychology. That was the match I was most into. Isn't it funny that, uh, like, Cody, who is not the best worker of that VP group has had consecutive like best matches on pay per views just well, out of his storytelling because he tells the best story. Absolutely, I mean, it was that's his niche. He's, yeah. he's great at it. He's really good at it. that. Was my favorite part of the whole show. I didn't like the Arn spot as much as you did, oh, dude. I loved it. He was he came in you know a little slow, a little heavy, but the dude's like in his what he's almost a seventy little, probably little slow, little heavy. Yeah, but yeah. that yeah. spine buster yeah. was on point. Doesn't matter. Like yeah. he he okay. So no, it's. It, it seems it seems really WCW to me. I, I was take like, a lot of shit this? for calling it when I see nostalgic nonsense on WWE. So I get his point. As a W as a four horseman mark, I get your point. I knew what was coming, but I still couldn't be like, okay, you know. A part of me was like, all right, that's cool, but I still, in the grand scheme of things. It had nothing to do with the storyline. It's just, here's a nugget. Here's your four horsemen kind of connection. So it it doesn't really play into the storyline in the grand scheme of things of who wins, who loses. It's, it's just, it's connect the dots. It's, a, it's you know, here's your connection to the four horsemen. Back, you know, it back just makes me feel stars. like the next thing we're going to see is like Arn and Cody's, they're, they're going to have a rematch and Arn's going to be in Cody's corner and then Tully's gonna be I'd in. rather do it like this than than completely make I'd us rather think leave that, them off TV completely okay well then this is better than forgetting about the past and then bringing it up when only it becomes relevant yeah just just a like, lot of stuff that like WWE Raw, does reunion. A lot like, of stuff WWE does is, okay, don't think about, you know, these aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids you're looking for. And the next thing you know, oh, wait, these are the droids you're looking for. You remember this, right? And then, you know, once they get you to remember it for that storyline, it disappears again. So at least in this scenario, whether it worked or not, for me it didn't. 
they at least made the connection once again. Hey, this is Arn Anderson. He used to run with Tony Blanchard. They're now on opposite ends of this match that we have here. I'll say and this. I think Tully. I think Tully could be a on-air personality. Even at his age, he was super sharp in those those skits, and uh, I think it was really good. And before you talk, I just want to say, like. Don't you just guys, even at his age, just want to bury your head in Arn Anderson's chest and feel like so safe? (laughs) (laughs) He is Santa Claus. (laughs) Like when I woke up to that storm the other night, it was like really raining. Yeah, imagine if you had like a hairy, greasy, like Arn chest. My my dog's freaking out. My wife is freaking out. And I'm freaking out, but I got to be the strong one, you know? I wish I had Arn there so that we could all just kind (laughs) of like. He's the enforcer. Yeah, Yeah, just kind of like the rock itself. I'll say in in everybody that popped, because I like, I was looking at Twitter that night all fucked up at Fish, and like, I saw that Arn Anderson came on, and it sounded like it was the biggest pop of the evening, and that everybody went nuts. If I had been watching it live, I probably would have had a different reaction. But knowing it was coming and then watching it, it was just kind of like Well, they ah. teased us by, I thought, I called it last week, I thought he was going to be in Cody's corner, and, and he picked MJF, and I was like, all right, well, I guess, and you now know. And that made that match a little more compelling at the end when MJF is holding the chair, and I'm sitting there looking yeah, at him, they and he's teased behind, the turn. Like, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and that's... They teased it the whole time. MJF was even doing stuff to where he thought he was being helpful, but really you could, like... Also, also guess that said, he yeah, wasn't I'm, being helpful. And, he was actually interfering. And, and that's what my biggest takeaway moving forward is that they did enough that, yeah, this was bad, that was bad, that was bad, but there's more positives moving forward going into the 2nd of October than there are negatives. Yeah, still can't that, wait for October 2nd. Right. It has done nothing for me to wane my entrance because interest because you have at least three to four storylines that I personally am interested in. They're even I mocking the librarian gimmick. Like, they have the librarians on TV now saying, like, are we still doing this gimmick? Right. Like, I mean... They're very self-aware, and I think if they if something's not working, like Dark Order, I think they're going to cut it. And right. They're, they're not going to be like, Vince, like, this is good shit. It's good yeah, shit. At some point, people, and we can move on in a second, people are saying, and he's included, this is a too thin of a roster. But some people are saying this is too deep of a roster when you got Jack Evans and, and Helico basically winless, and then they had to flip heel on private party now, I mean, they're already a good tag team. Now them flipping heel gets me kind of interested in them again anyway. So, I mean, it's 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 going to be ebb and flow. It's, a lot of this is just going to be the knee-jerk reaction, but it's not about now. It's going to be what's, what we're going to talk about a year from now. Let's look back on it and see how a year from now it evolves. Yeah, it's bumpy right now, but if you look at our first 10 or 20 shows, they want nothing to write home about by any stretch of the imagination. Don't, don't, don't look at the oh, first 10 or 20 shows. You. Okay. I, I, I listened to one recently. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, whatever. That's going to bring it to our two counts. What you got to here? Two count. Another great show that we had on Saturday was the NXT UK TakeOver in Cardiff. So this was the second uh, NXT UK TakeOver. Uh, I've fallen off on NXT UK. I was watching it like every single week. Uh, but the uh, video packages got me like right up to speed. And really this was about match quality and storytelling in the ring. Uh, the best match of the night and also the best match in my opinion of the entire weekend out of everything that I saw was uh, Tyler Bate who was the first WWE UK champion uh, challenging Walter 
big strong Walter. 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 Who's a fucking man. What a fucking hoss that guy is. And we've, the, what, 45 minutes probably? Yeah, I was about to say, it was was definitely over 40. It was post 40. The story of this match was so great because Walter is such a hoss. And it starts out and Tyler Bate be trying to, you know, get some offense in and Walter just smack him down and just fucking smack him down. And then Tyler is worn out and he is just getting all of this offense on Walter. And it's unbelievable offense. It's not him doing step up in Zaguri's or chop blocks. This guy, and I think I put it on Twitter, I said, if I ever see Tyler Bate in real life, I'm just going to chant, big, strong boy, big, strong boy, until somebody that's, calls the fucking cops. That's such a great chant. Because such a great chant. this dude is lifting Walter. He's doing deadlift dead German suplexes. He's doing fireman's carries, doing Death Valley drivers. He's lifting him up onto the top rope. I mean... Oh, when Walter had him pinned that one time, he he bridged up. Yeah, yeah he did that a couple yeah. times. And put him on his back. Walter, who's huge, is just like just his body weight. There's no way I'm Walter is like I could push Walter. Well, I mean, off he's a legit me. hundred pounds bigger than Tyler Bates. Oh, at least, at least, at least. Yeah, they said that. I think they announced him at one seventy five coming into the match. I would say Walter's at least two fifty, and I'm being. Oh no, I'm I would say I'd say very he's generous. Pounds. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. He's a tall guy, right? Well, so, he's put together too. He's not. He's not just all fat. Like no, 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 no. And so, you know, Man. like Bill said, this is a perfect example of a guy getting over in a loss. And this is the kind of story that you can tell decently often. I mean, it takes talent, and these guys are both talented. Walt Walter has been a tear on the European scene, uh, just an absolute tear. The dude's definitely an A one guy. So as soon as you got signed to NXT UK, you know he's taking that title. And he is going to be the guy for a while, but you have Tyler Bate, who is super young, super charismatic, talented, and these guys put on, I mean, that is the best match of the weekend. It's the best match I've seen in a long time. I mean, we had a lot of great matches in G1, but as far as like NXT, it's the best NXT match I've seen in like a few months. I fucking loved it. Just go watch the match. I'd say it's it's the second best match I've seen all year, the other one being Gargano Cole, and that's after watching all of G1. Gargano and Cole 2? Gargano Cole 1. Gargano Cole 1, the one at WrestleMania weekend. That was, was 2, wasn't it? No, that no, was maybe the first not. one. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. It was the first best out of three falls. I, that this match, if you haven't seen it, you have to go out of your way to see it because it is, they fill up 45 minutes and there's not, a, there's not even a moment where it gets boring. It was exciting as, an, as a match can be and it wasn't just little guy versus big guy, which is the story they were telling, mm-hmm. but it was... The little guy was getting in tons of tons of offense, no and shit. and the big guy was not taking it easy on no, him. He was fucking. Oh, he up. was throwing combos. Jason was talking about how he looked like E Honda. <laughs> I mean, he was just open hand fucking beating the shit out of Tyler Bate, and it was one of the most exciting matches I've seen in the past five years. I fucking. Loved it, and I'm a bigger fan of both those guys. Both those guys got over. The crowd was unbelievable. The announcers were unbelievable. Vic Joseph is quickly becoming right behind Mar. He's now Marinell. Marinell's got his own thing going. But Vic Joseph, for doing the straight-ahead thing, does it better than anybody else in WWE. No, I was going to say, there's... 
and I tweeted it. If it was anything, it was probably five minutes too long. But it it's totally. Oh, I it don't just, know about that. No, I just like I said for me, the clothesline at the end was a little anticlimactic, but it kind of was like, okay, let's think about Kenny Omega versus Okada, where, you know, the collapse, and instead of the match continuing, it's a collapse, and then there's the pin. So, I mean, and that that's just, that's me nitpicking, okay? It it takes a, it take a lot for me to even be like, okay, I didn't like this. There's 98% of this match is absolutely fan Fucking tastic! I think there was a for, moment where Tyler Bate kicked out at one, like forty right, minutes in. Right, and I was and that's like, why I was like, okay. dude, I, I popped so hard for it. I yeah. loved it. I Nigel was just McGinnis like, goes at one. He at kicked one. out at one. Yeah. Nigel McGinnis, underrated commentator, by the way. That so dude what, is amazing. So th- you, you, you were pissing. I was just saying. No, I'm not saying it's it's. That's one of those things where. No, he was. If you kick out at one, either you like it or you don't. For me, the clothesline at the end was like, uh, you know, I wish, you know, the splash would have been the finish or whatever. I like it. I, I actually prefer it. But, yeah, it's 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 like uh, it's just a preference thing. Right. Here's my only problem with what you guys are saying is that Tyler Brake got over. He was already over coming in. He just was sitting on the back burner for a while because Pete Dunne has just been running rampant. Well, yeah, he's been over. He was the first champion, and then they actually okay. moved him to Mustache Mountain right. because he couldn't be in the contending, because otherwise okay. they would have just traded the title back and forth. Okay, The difference between him and Adam Page is that Adam Page has never been in a position where he has gotten over. Last he's, G1, that was it. Okay, and then I, and we talked about that. It was like, oh, okay, you know, this could be a start. He went back to ROH and basically was going after the uh, TV title. So he never never challenged for the ROH heavyweight title, was a mid-card guy. So then you take him over to AEW. So now, in a scenario where he, he's been positioned as a mid-card guy, you're putting him probably in a spot where he's probably not ready for and it feels like he's not ready for it so he acts like he's not ready for it Tyler Bate has been here before okay whether or not he had been there long enough he was the first champion they picked him at 20 he lost to Pete Dunne but then he got it back it's I get what you guys are saying. It's just different. The way they've built Tyler Bate is different than the way they built Adam Page. Adam Page, they've missed steps with. Tyler Bate has been built up so to where not- even, even in a loss, it was a great loss, but nonetheless, even in a loss, I don't look at him any different than he was still great then. He's still great now. So that's- Adam Page doesn't necessarily benefit from this loss. You should have, You could have had a chance to build him up and then maybe if you wanted to have him as champ, you do it then. You just don't have. But that's a- not apples and oranges, though. That's apples and apples, and one apple's a Honeycrisp, and the other one's like a fucking Golden Delicious or something. The one at one well, of Adam them Page is-, is definitely Golden Delicious. <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's apples and apples. Like, but they they just did it right. They did it right with Tyler Bate, and they didn't do it. They would have. This is what I was saying earlier. They they would have been better off having the biggest match possible, having the best champ possible. They They should. Kenny Omega should be champ right now. Okay, whether or not we. And that's for another story. But they inherited Adam Page. They inherited Adam Page. No, they didn't. They signed him. Adam Page didn't start from 
AEW. He didn't start. He started from ROH. Nobody did. AEW didn't okay, exist until six months ago. But Tiger Bay did. That's my point. They groomed him to get well, him you're, you're to this point. You're looking at his previous stuff, whereas like instead of taking it, whenever I look at Adam Page, I actually look at what he's just done in AEW, and that's where my criticisms okay, are. And, no, and I may be the only one that in the room that's seen progress, but... Tiger Bait was a thing in progress. So this just didn't naturally just come out of the blue. It just happened. It was built up, even in progress, to then become the first UK champion. If Adam Page would have just became champion... Look, that's he's, what it's, that's, ex- that's it's exactly out of the my blue, point. though. But it's out of the blue. That's exactly my point. That's why Omega should have been the first champion. And then you build Adam Page into a They're, into a star okay. over time on television. That's exactly my point. The point will end up being that a year from now when he becomes champion, it will be the bear of the story, and he'll be ready to be champion versus throwing him in now and having him suffer. You know what's funny about you, Jason, is that when you don't like something, like when Kofi's going to become champion, you go, okay, well, he's champion now. Let's just see how it plays out. And then when you like something but you're arguing against it, you're like, yeah, it's not good. Let's just see how it plays out. So all you ever say is let's just see how it plays out. I'm talking about now. Well, now I have, like I said before, I don't have a problem with it. They made the right call. Whether you like it or not, they made the right call. Between these two guys, this was their choice. They made the right call. But they period. made the wrong call by putting him in the match. Look, that's that's not right. my call. Now, I, no, I know it's not your call, but do you actually, agree no, with me? No, I don't. I'd rather it not be... Kenny Omega off the bat because then you're going to have people screaming oh oh they're doing WWE here's you know this guy is Triple H this guy is this guy this guy do it the way you want to do it I'd rather it be a Johnny Gargano chase scene so then when Adam Page finally gets there we appreciate it more the story is better versus okay here you go now figure it out well then have omega chase jericho then that's what they're going gonna do. to that's what they're gonna do okay so that's what you should have done this time instead of putting adam they're, page in their unwillable for, situation I think they're waiting for TV. tv yeah so they i think they're waiting for tv because they are gonna position omega as the guy and i think omega's gonna lose more than off the start off, off the, the start, start yeah he already yeah. has Oh, he already and has, and yeah. I have no problem with that. Why? Because he's fucking over. It doesn't hurt him at, Omega, at all. Omega can absorb the loss, but going into TV with Omega as your star, or Omega as your champ, or Jericho as your champ with Omega chasing him, Omega's not going to chase Jericho now. He just lost to Pac. Okay. I'm just going to get back to on point for 30 seconds because we went away from Man, how, are we gonna, how are we was. supposed to talk about Bailey after this? <laughs> I'll say this. Walter's going to be champion for the foreseeable future. I'm saying he's going to break Pete Dunne's record. That'd Tyler, be hefty, but yeah. I can Tyler Bate was a star coming in. He's just as big a star right now. He's going to go to Wednesdays. Okay. <laughs> he's going to go to Wednesdays. He's right. good looking. He's Tony young. Storm. He's Tony Storm. Tony Storm, Tony Storm needs to go to the main fucking roster. Okay. Fuck Wednesdays. Tony Storm. She's, no, she needs to go to Wednesdays. They, Wednesdays they, are kind of the main roster now. Yeah, they, will they be. are the main roster now, and I trust her being on Wednesdays versus being Mondays. Io Shirai, Tony Friday. Storm. They need yeah, to be on the main roster. Perfect. Okay, now from there, UK did a good job of now... Re, kind of resetting what's going to happen. If you're watching on a week-to-week basis, um, Grizzled Young Vets, they're probably on the way out because they just lost their uh, yeah. their tag team titles. This was 
the the show that I wanted to see the least, and it turned out to be better than I anticipated. Very good. Once again, you can Nick pet Nick worth, pick it to worth death. Worth the takeover name. Worth the takeover name. It oh, was better. Sure. Th- it was better than the one that they did before. It was better than the last just regular takeover for sure. Yeah, the, for the UK side, you it was better Dick than the Tony one that, and Ilya Drogonov. Yeah, shit. Okay, and we didn't even talk about that. Cesaro needs to stay on that motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Okay, if you're gonna have him fucking job out in five fucking minutes on Monday night, keep his ass over there. That crowd and Cardiff no went nuts There's no way Cesaro's had more fun in WWE than he had on that NXT team. And he had a UK great fans. fucking match. Oh, yeah. I mean, damn. It was tons of fun. Was a lot of fun. That shit pissed And me he off. put that guy over, too, in a loss. That guy looked great in a loss. That guy kicked out of some shit. That guy reversed a bunch of shit. He looked great in a loss. I get the only drag, drag oh, it yeah, off. Drag he's it off, he's yeah. a legit badass. Like, no, he's he's a bad boy. Just going to say, he, I've seen him in progress. I, I can't believe they had him lose to fucking Cassius Ono, but... I'm willing to give that a pass. I want yeah, that's to, weird. It is very weird. I thought he would at least be the champ, at least be undefeated until he met Walter and then probably lose to Walter. But Anything else you want to talk about from the NXT, from the UK takeover? Just watch that triple threat tag match. It was really good. They, gave, they gave the titles to the hometown boys, um, Mark Andrews and uh, Flash Morgan Webster. I thought he was going to retire. Yeah, I don't know. I guess not. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the, the dumbass in the room because I, I thought he'd somewhere I, I heard him say it or... It was. I saw it on Twitter that he was going to retire. Next thing you know, they're the tag champs. I'm like, what the fuck? That didn't even make sense, but neither here nor there. All right, and let's get to our three counts. All right, so after that, all, all that excitement, uh, Bailey wow. turned heel. Wow. D- dude, that, really? That, that's it? <laughs> I really? Mean, I, I, think, I, I think, think that's an cool. appropriate reaction. I think it's cool. I mean, we're just talking about, like, the best, I mean, the most exciting, I mean, even if it wasn't the best wrestling, it was the most fun to talk about. I mean, I guess it's cool that Bailey turned heel. We have to talk about it. Uh, she uh, she decided <laughs> that she's best friends with Sasha Banks again. Uh, when she came out Tuesday night to solidify her heel turn, I thought that she looked more comfortable than she ever has as a baby face. I thought that she looked, uh, she, like, when people started chanting her name, it's like, you guys are confusing me now. Now you're cheering now you're cheering me. Um, this makes sense that Bailey turns heel. I think that Sasha versus Becky Lynch should probably headline, uh, or should main event, I should say, the Clash of Champions. No? Um, for me, it, it would have more interest, but I can't see them doing that. But go ahead. So who do you think is going to main event Clash of Champions? Oh, Seth. Braun, Seth. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a slam dunk. Any thoughts on uh, the Bailey heel turn? It's, it's about goddamn time. I mean, shit. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about this when they were teasing it when Sasha and Bailey were like, you know, before the tag team champion or before they became tag team championships, before it was even a thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were, you know, was, is Bailey going to turn? And then she kind of turned for like that week, and then it was just kind of like, oh, you, you and know, everybody cheered her, yeah, just like they did this week, right? right. So I mean. It's about damn time. They did it, and then the next night they doubled down on it. This yeah. is the reason why, so on and so forth. No problem with it. Look, if this, they did it, and then with Charlotte, so now everybody's like, okay, you know, Charlotte's turning face. Charlotte's turning face. Charlotte didn't turn face. Charlotte's like, fuck you. I'm still Charlotte. Oh. I will be the same Charlotte either you like I mean, me or you not. When her dad turned face, he never changed his personality. Right. He just kind of fought other people. So now yeah. you, it's kind yeah. of, it's, yeah, it's just now, it's it, for me, it's, 
investing in this angle because it's a different dynamic. It's three heels, clearly, that have beef with inner... Bailey has now beef with Charlotte. Sasha has beef with Becky. Sasha has beef with Charlotte. So now it's this four horsewomen web that you have going on. Okay, that's great. But then here's where the problem is. There's nothing else behind it. They don't have another second storyline on either or. I think they bring. Let's wait and see how it plays out. I think they bring eventually they bring Shayna up Please. and they do they bring Shayna and and Rousey comes back and they do those four against the other four. I don't know who like obviously who's the other two on the Ronda Rousey Shayna Baszler team. The green ones. The oh no, you can't do that. They'll do it. No, you can't do that. They'll do it, dude. You cannot do that. But the interesting thing about the Walter Bailey and Tyler Bate. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you can't do that. So either. when I think about the Bailey heel turn, like it's definitely not going to be because like Hogan was like such a big deal, but it got me thinking because like Hogan was ultimate babyface, and Bailey really for her career has been ultimate babyface. So it feel like it should have been a little bit more impactful, but like everyone cheers whenever she slams the biggest babyface female on the roster with a chair. And it got to be thinking about like 1996. If like Hogan, if it was like a today crowd, like Bash at the Beach, people would have went nuts and pop. They would have oh, yeah. just popped like a motherfucker. Yeah. Like they wouldn't have been throwing trash in the ring. <laughs> They'd have been just. It would have been just straight big cums, like just big ropey cums, just like shooting into the ring. It just it would look like just fucking paint, silly just string painting paint maps of Hawaii all over like, the ring. Would have looked like a Picasso painting. <laughs> but, so. But anyway, like, I really think it is, like Jason said, it's up to what they do with this angle. And I want to see Bailey turn on, like, Izzy. You guys remember Izzy? NXT girl. I want to see her. I want to see her get rid of the side ponytail. I want to see her, like, stop washing her hair. I want to see her, like, have, like, a pack of cigarettes. Like, you know. Superman 3 or whatever. Yeah, just fucking. South, South. Just fucking it up. And just, like just really just letting herself go and like i think she could pull it off like and I, just, I, I i but i don't know that they're that invested really in funny it. if she started smoking like marlboro mediums or, or like <laughs> yeah camel filters <laughs> yeah exactly let's see what's happened to Bailey? Whenever, whenever they like put up the wacky waveable inflatable arm men she just sets one on fire yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay but that's what i'm saying though bailey god bless her i like bailey as a character to begin with, but they kind of dropped the ball coming in because they kind of pushed her to the front. Of course, you versus like her. she's kinda... thicker than cold grits, man. <laughs> but... Jesus Christ! Yeah, ain't lying. But uh, yeah, but they kind of they ain't lying. <laughs> but they kind of messed it up to begin with. Now at least this Bailey, I'm interested in again. Where now I want to see where this goes. Sure. At least there's interest in it, and. There's a lot of things that's going on in WWE, and there's a handful of things, literally, that I can count on one hand because I had to do it the other night. There's only a handful of things on two shows, and I'm count. Well, I'll count three shows now. On three shows for whatever it is, seven hours. There are five things that I'm like, okay, I want to see how this goes. Outside of that, I could care less. This is one of them, so I I give give them that much credit. That'll do it for our three counts. Jason, tell us about F&B. F&B, you're on the corner of 3453 Southampton, on the corner of Southampton and Marquette, part of our chain of... Damn it, I said it again! Shit! Part of what? our independent restaurant tours. <laughs> <laughs> what you say? 
said chain, and it's not a chain. It's no, more. It's, not, it's, it's, it's not more a like a, a group of it's a collective, a collective of independent. We served the Soviet Union. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, that was so. Yeah, I was getting ready to not say not during your plug. No, not during the plug, please. Um, independent restaurant tours, uh, smash burgers, hot dogs for the kids. Open on the weekdays, Wednesday through Fridays, Saturday and Sundays to get the honeydew list out the way. So now during college football season, you can get things taken care of before the 11 o'clock or noon kickoff start. Or for the boys across the pond, I guess that would be, well, never mind. That's too much math. Check them out, 3453 FNBE retail that JCB and Band from Ringside sent you. This is Band from Ringside. All right, uh, so uh, we only have about five minutes left to talk about stuff, which is a good thing because there's only about five minutes left of stuff to talk about. We're going <laughs> to bring back our, our old game, Hand or Jobber, which is uh, Hand for Good, Jobber for Bad. Uh, the end of the Daniel Bryan Rowan Reigns, I mean, seems like the end of it. Uh, hand or Jobber. <laughs> Jobber. Yeah. Jobber because they're still talking about Daniel Bryan's going to come back into this anyway. I mean, is there any way? Yeah, it's a jobber. Is uh, there any way that Bray Wyatt uh, sneaks his way into this at all or anything? Uh, I also, fucking hope not because he doesn't rumor, need this taint. Also no. heard rumors about uh, Liv Morgan maybe having something to do with it. Oh, oh what the fuck? Oh. Cut all her hair off. Yeah, it's a jobber. That was a terrible ending to a terrible story that we were all kind of given the benefit. Well, I mean, if you listen last week, we weren't really giving it the benefit out but uh yeah it ended up sucking it ended up being uh now we're leading no, some up people to people like it so let's some people it. like eric rowan versus roman reigns at clash of champions yes jesus christ you spend a lot of time on twitter i never see that shit at all man yeah. uh let's see uh the king of the ring so ricochet versus samoa joe we had a double pin so <laughs> that's a jobber <laughs> man <laughs> to find out to see who's uh, going to be in the finals of King of the Ring uh, on the Raw side, we have Corbin versus Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. You're calling it a jobber? Uh, so that part was a jobber. Corbin probably had his best match that I've seen him in since NXT. Corbin's good, dude. <laughs> he is. He's good. I'm I like him. that far. And, I like him. Uh, also, Elias probably had his best match that I've seen him in in a very long ah, time. I mean, you're stepping on my hand or jobber. Uh, hand, hand, no, that's fine. So Elias uh, versus Ali. Now that might have something to do with Ali because Ali's a great in ring worker. Did. But that was the best match that Elias. That has was had. a total hand job. <laughs> that means it was really good. That, if it's really good, you call it a hand job. So yes. you're giving that a hand job. I'll give that a hand job. You know what? I'll give a hand job to is Chad Gable versus Andrade. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Eight minutes. Eight I give minutes. Hand jobs to both those guys. Eight minutes. I'll tell you what. If that match gave me a hand job, it wouldn't last eight minutes because that's how good it was. <laughs> Jason, what do you think? What do you think about Andrade versus Chad Gable? <laughs> it was great, right? For the eight minutes, yes. I just... Oh, dude, I'm you not, can't shit on that. No, That's all that gave... Just, it get, Chad Gable, the, those guys can fucking work. Here's my, I guess my bigger problem with this is that with my Corbin prediction still in play, I just have a problem with them making this a triple threat. Just just have Corbin win clean. I guess there's... It's a job before the end of Corbin match. It's a job before Elias beating Ali. That doesn't even make sense because now Elias is going to lose to Chad Gable. Hand for Chad Gable going over Andrade as much as I 
Don't oh. like it. My stomach kind of hurts me saying it. Hand for that because you're giving Chad Gable the push. That's what King of the Ring is for. But it's, somehow he's actually oh, getting I, this Shorty G gimmick over too. Which, I I could see I could see Elias versus uh, Ricochet in the finals. Also, I think no I think it'll be Gable versus Ricochet for the finals. At least that's what I'm hoping. Man, that would be really fun. Or Gable versus Joe and you kind of relive an old school Kurt so versus are, Kurt is the, Angle. Is the finals going to be at Clash of Champions? Yes. That's good. That's good long-term storytelling. I like that. That's a hand job. Who does that, that is no. a... Well, no, hey, we can't give everything a hand job. <laughs> Speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh, and Bray said he's going to challenge... He put an open challenge to the winner of Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins at Hell in the Cell. I heard a rumor they're making a Fiend title belt like they did for Daniel Bryan. Like well, that, a, I mean, so. it would make sense if... if um, don't do it. If Bray Wyatt goes over Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, why wouldn't you do that? I actually see him actually going over Randy. <laughs> I can see Randy taking the title from Kofi and The Fiend going over Randy in a re- reboot of the, uh, what was the terrible match that they had at WrestleMania? Uh, I don't know. Term or, uh, House of Horrors. The House of Horrors. Yeah, it would be a reboot of that. The Hell in a Cell horror, the horror, the, the horror of the house of the hell. I just, the only reason I'm saying don't do it is if, <laughs> don't do it with Seth. I mean, if they're going to take Kofi off the title, then that's something entirely different. Um, if they do it and they fuck it up, they're going to fuck up Bray. I'd rather just, just take your time, build slowly, interfere with this Seth Rollins uh, broad match. Don't put him in the title picture right now. Kind of have him bounce in, bounce out. And that's going to do it for our This Is Hand a Jobber. <laughs> uh, we got a bunch of birthdays to get to. Uh, Sin Cara, a.k.a. Hunico, is 42. Braun Strowman this week is going to be 36. Molly Holly is 42. Mm. Quote the Raven, 55. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr., is he a wrestler? Yeah, you know, you know Brian Pillman Jr.? I know Brian Pillman is. Yeah, Brian Pillman Jr. Like that dude, like will will do well for himself. He's like he's a pretty like uh, wow. he's like upper card MLW. Like he wrestles in AAW. Not necessarily, but you'll know his you'll know his name. You will know his name. He's twenty six. Sarah Logan is twenty six. Dom Morocco. No, what's up with Sarah Logan? Oh yeah, what's going on? That's my point. Uh, oh, I thought God, she like, changed her hair or something. Uh, Don Morocco is 70. <laughs> Matt Morgan is 43. Matt Morgan had my favorite finisher name of all time, the Carbon Footprint. Uh, Trevor <laughs> Murdoch is 39. And Paul Heyman is only 54. Like, for some reason, that's shocking to me that he's only 14 years older than me. Hey, everybody, we know there's tons <laughs> of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you taking the time to listen to ours. For F&B Eatery, Check. for JJ Twigs, Check. for Rich Harris, Check. for Josh Shock City Studios, Check. for Vice, Check. for Murray the Murray Man Murray, Check. for Lucha Chris, Check. for Two Beers Zach Bowman, Check. for Jason Cornelius Bell, I am Bill Vagy, and everybody boo the heels!